Right, hello and welcome to part two of Charles Dickens uh, in our That's What People Do podcast. With me again, Ryan McGowan, and as always, James Kay. Guten Tag. Hello. Um, threw me off with the German there. Um, anyway, so yes, uh, this is part two. We did have to condense uh, Charles Dickens. We've got a part one. I hope you've enjoyed so far part one. Uh, welcome to part two. And we shall just basically just kick off right where we left off. Pardon me. <laughs> Did you just burp? Yeah, we had a little break. We've, we've just, just had fish and chips. We've just had some fish and chips. We had a little break between part one and part two. Um, this is a week-long fish and chip episode. Um, so as I say, we'll kick off right where we left off. Uh, Charles Dickens. He's done some good work. He's putting out some good hits. He's becoming a bit of a star now. He is. So much so that he's begun to do tours of his work in the USA. Wow. Now... People always say, I'm going to crack the America. I'm yeah, you've got to crack America. I'm going to hit USA. Lots of British people go to like LA for pilot season, you know, to maybe maybe getting that big hit. You know, Charlie Hunnam with uh, Sons of Anarchy. He's a bad actor, but we won't go into that. I don't rate him at all. Have you watched Sons of Anarchy? No. But what? I've seen everything else he's ever done. Watch Sons of Anarchy. Like in Green Street, it was he shit. He is Jax Teller. Jax Teller cannot be played by anyone but Charlie Hunnam. Where else did I see him in recently where he was <laughs> Okay, just he, so awful. he's in the film King Arthur. That's it. He's awful. Which is terrible. It's even got David Beckham as yeah. a cameo, just being like, what, son? <laughs> which is great. Uh, what else is it? Oh, uh, uh, Green Street. Green Street. Now, now, you cannot tell me that is a bad film. It's not a bad film, but he's bad. Green Street is amazing. Green Street is one of the best football films going. He's, he's up there with like Mean Machine. Yeah. And Football Factory. Goal. Yep. I rewatched Goal recently, and that's bad. The memories you have of it are yeah. wrong. It's like I've um, I if we if we were to go off on this tangent for a bit, please indulge us. Um, I've started rewatching Star Wars from Episode One onwards. Well, in chronological order. In chronological order, yeah. as it probably should be done. Yeah. Although, if you've if if it's your first time watching Star Wars, start with Episode Four. Yeah. Because then you get the real good emotion. Because if you've never seen it and you don't know anything about it, start with episode four. If you know what happens, go chronological. Yeah. Go chronological. It's not worth it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I watched episode one again and I was like, oh god, oh god. And then, but I tell you, I fin I went I went for the whole thing, and that was it. Clone Wars. I watched it. I even fast forwarded bits because I was like, yep, yeah, I know this bit. I know this bit. It's boring. Yeah. And then I played to the like the end battle, the Clone Wars, when it started off. That's when I restarted again. That's bad. That's bad that you have to do that. But anyway, Charlie Hunnam is not that bad. Um, <laughs> Dickens is going to go crack America, all right? It's, it's, it's 1842. He's now doing live shows of him reading his work, okay? Which is, I suppose, like watching a singer do a concert. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can read his work, but this is the dude himself reading it, yeah. which is going to be I good. Guess, yeah, I've um, heard of that. He had tickets for working class people as discounts. So if you were working class, your tickets to go to his shows were discounted. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, which is a really cool thing, because like we were saying earlier, um, he would view social affairs and you know uh, injustices in the world and not really be able to do much about it except write about it. Yeah. In this sense, he can actually do something yeah. in a little way of going, oh, if you can't afford it, you can have a discounted rate. How do you prove that you're working class? You don't have like a working class card. I mean, you probably look it, I don't know. Yeah, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. Turn up dishevelled and like... I suppose it's like specific seats as well. Uh, yeah, it's probably that as well. And you know, if if you can afford it, you're not going to buy the cheap seats. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you, 
if you're buying if you're buying the cheap seats it's because you can only afford to buy cheap seats if you if you can afford to not buy cheap seats you're not buying cheap seats you're buying the expensive ones so that's probably how it works um so remember, as I say, this guy once wanted to be an actor. So, you know, it was said that he was excellent reading his books. Facial expressions, he'd put on voices for each of his characters, all making that show an experience that you would never forget. Yeah. So I will point out that Charles's first impressions of America were not a good one. Oh, really? Uh-uh. He was horrified by the slavery. Um, now, slavery had not yet been outlawed in the UK. I think it was outlawed in, like, 1824. I think- yeah, I think we were... F- were we first? Yes, I think we were first. We abolished it in the uh, in the Empire. I just realised the, ir- uh, the irony of <laughs> the Empire being like, no, 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 no. We're, we're good people. We have no longer have slavery. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Get out my country. No, 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 no. We're, you're not our slaves. No, yeah, I just realised the irony of that. Um, but yeah, um, he he was horrified with slavery. He didn't enjoy it. He doesn't agree with it. Right, okay. He also was not a fan of the common practice of chewing tobacco. Um, I mean, that's a that's not something to hate a country about. But why do they do it? Chew tobacco. So don't smoke it. Just don't chew it at all. Then you like spit in the spittoon and you look cool. Yeah, he hated that. He thought that was dirty. And I mean, like, it disgusting. is dirty. It horrible. is minging. Why do you do it still, Americans? Because I know some of you still do it. In the deep south. Deep south. Like, why do you do it? Stop it, please. <laughs> um, anyway, he would go on to make a fortune, right? He headed back to the UK where he set up the Home for Homeless Women, which is nice. very good. Uh, it, uh, women in that time, they didn't have many options in life, okay? So it was either find a good husband who will support you if he doesn't, and you both fall into poverty, it's likely that you'll end up in a workhouse. Or, if you want a bit of freedom still, you'll work on the streets as a sex worker. You know, just nice. to get by. That's the dream. If you weren't able to find a good husband, you were likely to end up in a workhouse or on the street selling sex. <laughs> so either way... A lot, you're going to sell sex at some point. Either way, your options were very, very limited. Yeah. At least if you were selling sex on the streets, you had some sort of freedom to roam around. If you were in a workhouse, you didn't leave the workhouse. You didn't have a break and like disappear and wander off to the Thames and go sit and have your lunch. Yeah. You know, or at least if you were selling sex, you could decide when and when, when you want to work. But also you could be murdered. But you could also be murdered. So either way, it's not a very good option, is no. it? Um, so yeah, they didn't have much to go on. Um, so it's not a great time to be a woman in this time. And Dickens' Home for Homelessness taught women skills that would help them find jobs. Nice, good. It's, well it's done, genuinely a really good thing. So like we were saying earlier, where like what what more is Dickens really going to do? Like he he can't just stand in the middle of the square and be like, "This is awful." Like the be like, I don't care. Warriors of today. Exactly. Yeah, he's he he yeah, he doesn't want to be a social justice warrior sitting behind his typewriter. You're all bad people. You know, he doesn't do that. Instead, he puts his money where his mouth is. When he made his money and was like, "Look, I'll make a homeless place for you guys. You can come in. You can live here. You can earn a skill. Go get yourself a job." Top bloke. It's top. That's top stuff. So you know, the whole thing we like sort of people do good people, bad people. You know, Dickens has done a lot for social reform in that sense. Good. Um, so Charles Dickens is a world-renowned name. He's now rich. He's successful. He's helping those less fortunate than him. He must have it all. Well, his marriage was not going so well. Oh, Charlie. Uh-uh. It was clear he wasn't very happy with his wife and began spending more and more time away from her in his home in the country, hosting parties and functions like his dad used to do. 
Oh dear. Yeah. He said of it, Poor Catherine and I are not made for each other, and there is no help for it. It is not only that she makes me uneasy and unhappy, but that I make her so too, and much more so. Well, time for a divorce then. I think so too. But the problem is, divorce at this time was a big fat no. Especially for someone in the public eye like him. But I thought after Henry VIII, everything just became kind of calm. I don't know what happened, because... Yes, you could get a... You can have a divorce. But that was the thing. The Catholic Church then was like, you can't get a divorce at all. Yeah. Whereas, like, um, with Henry VIII, he wasn't getting a divorce just because he fancied it, although it was because he just fancied the divorce and he wanted to get off with someone else. Yeah. Legally speaking, he was, legally speaking, having a divorce for particular reasons. Like, she cheated on me, so I can divorce her. Yeah. Whereas, like, you know, in this case, Dickens just wants to divorce her because he's not it doesn't sound like he's in love with her anymore right okay so you can't do that for okay <clears throat> no no and, and and even that i don't i even think that that works today you can't just divorce someone because you're not in I'm love sure with them anymore. they're changing oh, oh who was having a conversation with this about this recently I'm, I'm sure they're changing the law where you can like because before it was a case of like you need both people to sign yeah whereas now you can have one person hmm Interesting, because obviously, you know, if you keep them together for the sake of it, you know, you're going to start harboring resentment. If you get married and get divorced quickly, it costs a fair bit of money. That's an annulment though, isn't it? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know. I think there's like, there's there's a thing called an annulment where you get married and then you can just say, no, 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 that never happened. Maybe, but then I'm sure divorce is. I had a teacher at um, school who got married quickly and then she clearly hated it and she had to wait for like a year or two before they got divorced because it was going to cost them an arm and a leg wow wow well either way divorce at this time is just it's not socially acceptable particularly for a big name such as himself it's just not it's not the done thing also because as well that he seems to be this like you know this light of morality in this world you know yeah doing things for the homeless and the less fortunate or whatever and then it's like oh you don't like your wife you want to get divorced i think it's the equivalent you know nicholas sparks he no. writes. He writes like the Notebook. All of them like ro- the romance, the vow, like, oh, all okay. of the romance, stoppy crap. Yeah. And you think a man that writes that must have such a great love life? He yeah. doesn't. He's divorced. I think he's divorced twice. Brilliant. And it's just like you write about all this love and like eternal love, and well, I suppose it's you've like got your own problems. Jeremy Kyle as well. Yeah, sitting there preaching about how everyone else's life. And yet is shit. he was uh, yet, a gambling addict. Being. Yeah. And then I don't know. If, I used to watch this a lot because we. Were, I was a student. I imagine if you were a student, you watched it a bit, right? At the end of the episode, he always used to sign off with, to you five watching at home. Yeah. And then it stopped doing that, and it's because he'd split up with his wife. <laughs> so he started saying it, and it ended up just being, to you four watching at home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, right, he's not likely going to get a divorce anytime soon, all right? So uh, in terms of the public eye, uh, they continued to have the marriage, but they had yeah. split, um, you know, privately. Um Instead, what had happened is he found a cute little 18-year-old called Ellen Turnan. Nice. Dickens is 45 at this point. Well, it's, it's legal. It's wrong, uh, but it's, it's legal. It's legal. Is it morally right? I don't know. Well, we'll have to I mean, of course it me. is. Of course it is. Age is just a number. Um, it's ugh. disgusting if you look at it. Yeah, I mean... But he's breaking no rules. He's breaking no rules, but, you know... And she's getting a rich sugar daddy out of it. She is getting a sugar daddy out of it. Uh, so yeah, he's 45, she's 18, alright? And uh, In my script I've got here, and this was just for myself, but I find it funny, I've got a little you know, asterisk, cue the carry-on sounds. I just imagine <laughs> them just being like, oh, <laughs> that's what I've got in my head. 
So they begin to have an affair, all right, him and Ellen, uh, whilst he's still married, but technically split apart from his yeah, wife, okay. Catherine, all right? So is there any wrongdoing here? Legally, yes. Yeah. Morally, maybe not. They're, yeah. not right. They're not together anymore. Yeah. He's got 10 kids. I think one of his kids is probably going to be the same, similar age to her as well. It wouldn't surprise me at 45, yeah? Or That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, if he had a kid when he was like 20-odd, which yeah. is likely... That's, okay, that makes it a bit more wrong. It makes it a bit more wrong, isn't it? When it's like, you're as old as my daughter. My daughter or some, some and then whatever. his daughter's going to have to start being like, hi, mum. Oh, God, yeah. Can like, you imagine his son, who like might even be older than her, and he's just yeah. been like, hi, stepmom, and you're just thinking, oh, this is very awkward for the boy. Yeah. This is all sorts of I'm sure that dodgy pornhub categories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, as I say, they began an affair. It lasted years. In fact, 13 years they were together for. Gee, so she wasn't 18 by the end of it. Yeah, she was with him until he died. Oh, nice. So they um, actually cared for each other. Yeah, genuinely. They seem nice. to have. Um, <clears throat> um, so, yeah. The fish and chips coming back up. The fish and chips is coming up. We literally, <laughs> I, I finished a gob full of chips and then we went, hi. <laughs> oh, so that's what people do. Um, now, as I said, like divorce was a big no, but it wasn't impossible and Charles did try to get this, you know, divorce going. Yeah. Claiming that his wife was mentally ill. I mean, when in doubt, accuse someone of being crazy. This is the bit that like sectioned. people get a bit confused about with Charles Dickens. Yeah. Is that it's like no one is perfect. Yeah. But they're also like, how can someone who writes such nice things and do lovely stuff for people do something like that? Like he was willing to put his wife in a mental home yeah, which to have his end away. Which is, yeah, which he knows is not a very good place yeah. to go to. You look like Bedlam. That's a... Yeah. Um, so, yeah, as I was saying, divorce uh, was a bit of a no, but like you said, Charles was trying to get his wife claiming as mentally ill. Um, now, uh, imagine not wanting to be with someone so much so that you try to have them committed to an asylum. We've all tried it. <laughs> yeah. We've all tried it. It's like when on. it's like when you know when you you dated someone. It generally happens in like school, and it's like I didn't like him anyway. Yeah, it's similar to that, I reckon. Um, so yeah, it didn't work. Thankfully, you know she wasn't put away. <laughs> to be fair, as a man in those days, you could accuse a woman of so much. Oh god, she's a witch. Like imagine being alive in the time where witches were like hunted. If your wife pissed you off, she's a witch. So we used to work at a rather famous scare attraction in London, right? And uh, they used to do, like, seasonal shows. And um, one of them, they did the Witchfinder General, which yeah. is a man called uh, Matthew Hopkins. Mm. I might even do an episode on him. Um, this dude was the Witchfinder General at the time of the, one of the biggest witch hunts in the UK. And he used to fake a lot of it. He'd go, she's a witch. She's got a mark on her arm. It's just a mole. But it's all fakes. Yeah, but he also, we used to do this in the show as well, he used to have a um, a, a, a knife with a retractable blade that went into the handle, and he was like, oh, a witch who's marked with a devil, she wouldn't be able to get cut by this knife, and he would try and stab this knife into her. The blade would obviously go back into the, the hilt of the, the blade, and he'd go, look, see, no mark. So he's just doing it so people are like, oh my god, this guy. Like, he got paid for every is... witch that he brought in. Oh, fair, okay. And he was from Manningtree in Essex. Right. <laughs> It's a really interesting period of history. Like, prove to me you're not a witch. What we're going to do is we're going to drown you. Yeah. If you're not a witch... You'll drown. You'll drown. Sorry, if you are a witch, you'll survive and we'll kill you anyway. But the thinking was, was like, well, if you're not a witch, you're clearly a good person. You'll drown, you'll die, you'll go, you'll to, go to heaven. heaven. That's such a... This is why religion's dangerous. It's dangerous, man. We've well, both got opinions <laughs> on it. We'd both not necessarily agree with it. Funny. What was the other one? Um, 
Another one, you'd have to like walk over hot coals or something, and if your wounds healed... Oh, that's right, yeah. I that, that means God likes you and wants yep. you alive. But yep. the thing is, in those, the, your wounds won't heal. Mm. It's like uh, you see in Game of Thrones, like trial by combat. Yeah, that that would be so cool if yeah. that was still a thing. Yeah, I'd like that. I'd like, love to see like a mass murderer go like, I demand trial by combat. In uh, in the Ottoman Empire, they used to have like a trial by like race or something like that, and it was like you'd have to race one of the gardeners for the palaces, but the the guy in the palace knew all the ins and outs of the palace, and so he got round it very very quickly, so you could never beat him. <laughs> so it was like, oh, uh, uh, um, you can have trial by race if you want. All you got to do is just run out of the palace, and he's like. Yes, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Anything. It's like, but you know, if you lose, you'll die. It's like, yeah, but I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. And it's like, right, you're gonna, you're gonna face the gardener. And then the gardener's like, I know every in and out of this place. Like, you're not gonna win. As second the race started, I'll get a ban. Fucking cripple him. That's a very clever idea. Um, Mad medieval times and all these times. It's medieval fucking... times are hilarious in the way they thought things worked. And it's like um, to get out of like to survive hanging. This is another massive digress. But like people would sw- like shove metal fucking rods down their throat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. their neck wouldn't snap. Well, no, it was it was it was a, a, a hollow metal pipe that you could still breathe through. It worked. Like, yeah, no, it, people. That's how people got away with it a lot of times. Is that you shove it down your throat? It sits there, and so when the noose tied, it wouldn't close your windpipe, so you could mm. still breathe. And I think the rule is if they try and hang you three times and it doesn't work. You're literally allowed to go because it's an act of God. Oh, I've heard this. There's, uh, there's also like a lad in America who was supposed to be killed by electrocution. Mm. Um, and so he was shocked in the chair. He technically was pronounced dead. Yeah. And then he then he came back and he's trying to claim. He was like, well, technically I died and you sentenced me to death and I did legally die. So can I still be tried for it? That's a very valid point. It's sir. such a very valid <laughs> point. So many people and they're like, he was dead for 20 minutes and he woke up. You're like... Okay, so he was because they didn't sentence dead. him to death forever. But also, when that happens, do you have like two death dates on your death stone, headstone when you'd probably No, die? I think it's when you actually die. Because that would be cool. Like, there was someone, someone. Uh, my granddad knew, I think. He died a few years back. He hmm. died, I think, two or three times. He's like, I might remember it wrong. Wow. But like, people get pronounced dead all the time. It's crazy. Mate, there's so many stories of people having died and being pronounced dead by a doctor, being buried, and they they were still alive. That's why it's um, you know how the, where the term the graveyard shift comes from, eh? The term you know the term graveyard shift working yeah. overnight. You know where that term comes from? Is that people wandering around looking for the bells? Yeah. So people were buried with fucking bells. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. If they were you, tied to a finger. So they? if you wake up and you think, oh my god, you ring it, and then people who are on the graveyard shift overnight would be, hear the bells and go and dig you up. That's why it's called the graveyard shift. And that's where Saved by the Bell comes from. Is it? Yeah. Away. Yeah, you were literally walking into it as you were like, graveyard shift. I was like, saved by the bell as well. I always thought it was just because of school bells. Yeah, it was just that 90s Nickelodeon yeah. show. <laughs> no, no, that's where saved by the bell it's comes so from. so interesting, though, that the fact that they never really knew if people were dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, back to Charles. Yeah. <laughs> we, oh, I mean, we keep doing this. Back to Charles. So, as I say, he's tried to get his wife committed to an asylum. It's not worked. It didn't work at all. Um, but Charles did, you know, he continued to have his affair with Ellen. Uh, it lasted, say, 13 years. It, they sired one child. Unfortunately, it died in infancy. Uh, and that was the last one they'd have. Uh, but this was all done in hush-hush as well. Like, she's mm. had a kid, and no one fucking knew. Yeah. He even put her up. He bought her a house to live in. Mm. Um, nobody knew they were having an affair. As I say, he's bought her a house. It was around this time that he wrote uh, Great Expectations. Yeah. Um, you know, any ideas where they got that from? Kind of thing. Like, yeah, he wants to be with this woman that he can't really be with. Yeah. Uh, anyway, in 1856, 
Charles had a rather close brush with death, okay? He, Ellen, and her mother, they were on a train heading back to London from a trip to Paris. Now, near Staplehurst Station, uh, which is in Kent, uh, repairs were being made on a track across a bridge, and the signallers had not notified the train on the 42 me- uh, that there was a 42-metre gap on the track. That seems like something you should notify somebody about. Yep, so you've got a big, big, big pond of water, a nice little bridge over it, but there's no track. That's like a proper, you know in the films, where like the train's hurtling towards the bridge that's not built yep, yet. Yeah, it's exactly what happened. Honestly, that's exactly what happened, all right? The front of the train, with pure momentum, managed to get across the bridge. Fuck me, okay. Yeah, but... The rest of the train... Yeah, yeah, exactly. The rest of it derailed, uh, some you know, falling into the river below. All but one of the first-class carriages fell into the river. Uh, that being the one that Dickens was in with Lucky. his mistress and her mother. Lucky bastard. And this, and I mean it, this was teetering on the edge like the bus from Italian Job. But what, where the gold's on one side and they're on the other? Yeah, that's what the the, the carriage that he was left in was mm. teetering like that. Um, <laughs> which is mental, isn't it, right? So Ellen and her mother, they were relatively unharmed and they made it out of the carriage with Charles's help. He then set to helping others by, uh, he grabbed, for some reason, he grabbed his top hat, filled it with water and then was just like, you know, giving it to people to drink so like you know whatever but he also had um uh his little hip flask and he was like giving them little bits of whiskey you know while they're all laying on the floor and he's just like giving a little sip he was like yeah yeah like bit dutch courage whatever does it call it it doesn't seem like the time hey doesn't seem like the time for a drink are they still in the carriage no 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 they're out there no that's what i'm saying no i thought you were just going around the carriage they managed to get out so he got the mother and the the mistress out yeah and then he grabbed his top hat Grabbed his bottle of whiskey or whatever, like his, his hip yeah, flask, fair. and then like people that were laying on the floor. I suppose after surviving that, you do want to drink. Yeah, I mean, there's some reports saying that he jumped in the water and helped pull people out, and there's actually a couple of people that died in his arms as well that day. Oh um, and it, it's haunted him for the rest of his life, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, there was, as I say, occasions he's he's got his hip flask or whatever, and he's helping out people, um, giving them a little swig of the drink just to comfort them a bit more, and you know, uh, say at least one person apparently died in his arms. He said that the he had he said that the scene was unimaginable, and it haunted him for the rest of his life. He would often become anxious on trains, and have bad dreams yeah, recounting no the time. Fucking hell! Okay. Yeah, man. Um, so a few years later, he would head back to America for his final tour, and it was long. It was a long old tour that doctors advised should be cut short, but you know, he went ahead anyway. Yeah. Um, he made it home, began to work on his last novel, The Mystery of Edwin Drood. Right. But it would not be finished, as on June the ninth in eighteen seventy, Charles Dickens died in his country home. Of what? Just age. Yeah, just that was it for him. Fair Natural enough. causes. Nothing. I don't think nothing killed him. Fair enough. Um. So that was um. That was Charles Dickens. He's a, apart from trying to get his wife sectioned, he's a really nice guy. So the other thing when 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 I was writing this one that I got most out of Charles Dickens with, it's just a person. Yeah. Like there's nothing like. Oh, he's not an angel. He's not this. He's not. He's just a bloke. He honestly, yeah. He's just a bloke yeah, who has just got an opinion on something. Yeah. And he just wrote about what he saw. And I really like that. Yeah. Now, I enjoyed I enjoyed Dickens. Thank you, Dickens, for being a person. Mm. You did very well. I enjoy you. You were a flawed person, and that's what I like more about you. You weren't something... You won't pretend to be something you're not, maybe, yeah. I suppose. I mean, you try to get your wife put in and then saying, I'm just going to have your end away. But we all do it. You know, I respect I respect the ballsiness. <laughs> um, but one thing, as I say, I did want to talk about, which I alluded to last episode, but obviously we had to make that a part one, was A Christmas Carol. Yeah. Because 
as it stands right now, we have three days till Christmas at the time of this episode going out. Because remember, we put it out on the 20th. When are we putting this one out? This one goes out two days after on the Sunday. The 22nd, okay, cool. So we've got three days till Christmas. Yep. Merry Christmas, everyone, soon. Three days till Christmas, and we're going to talk about Christmas Carol. All right? You are aware of Christmas Carol, right? I do know many versions. For those of you who don't know, A Christmas Carol was published December 19th, 1849, and what a story it is, all right? It follows a man named Ebenezer Scrooge, a businessman who is proper stingy with his money and despises people, charity, and Christmas. He begrudgingly allows his staff members to have Christmas Day off as it was social custom. That was the only reason he said he let let them have it. He was like, well, fine, everyone else does it. He declines a party invite from his nephew and refuses to give money to charity that would help poor people eat over Christmas. His way of looking at it was, if the poor people died, there wouldn't be a problem. Yeah, very Vlad the Impaler of you. The surplus, the surplus population would go down and we wouldn't have an issue yeah. if they just died. Well, it's one way of dealing with it. <laughs> Which is very reminiscent of today's world as well. Very Tory, very Tory. So the night he is, that night, he's visited by the ghost of his old business partner, covered in chains, saying how he now suffers for eternity for his sins, begging Scrooge to change his ways, and Scrooge just ain't convinced, goes back to sleep, he ain't bothered. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, nah, I get fucked. <laughs> He's then visited by the ghost of Christmas past who shows him as a boy, shows him himself as a boy who used to love Christmas, who had friends and had fun. Now this hits Scrooge right in the heart who is then visited by a ghost of Christmas present who then shows him his poor employees and his family who are gathering around eating their measly meal because they're rather poor, he doesn't pay very well. Yeah. So this family members, they're all eating there, they've got a measly meal but they're making the most of it. They're not talking about how little they've got. They're talking about what they have got. And they're enjoying each other's family time. And they're also enjoying their little disabled son, Tiny Tim. Good old right? Tiny Tim. Who, despite his disability, is still happy and loving. Yeah. Finally, he's visited by the ghost of Christmas Future, who shows him his headstone and tells him that he isn't remembered very well and is shunned by those who knew him. All of this properly shits up Scrooge. Okay, So when he wakes up Christmas morning, it is with new life and a new attitude. He celebrates Christmas by getting a big old turkey for his employees so they can have a proper feast and spend Christmas with his nephew having a good old time. It's a lovely story. That is a really nice story. I enjoy I enjoy Christmas Carol, and I tell you what the best Christmas Carol is, a Muppets Christmas Carol. That my brother would agree with you. Um Yeah. I mean, if it's on I might watch it, but I don't go out of my way to watch any version. I, I think would... it's one of the it used to be a Christmas tradition, but I think it got so boring. I haven't watched a Muppets Christmas Carol in a long time, purely for the fact my sister is terrified of the Muppets. That's bizarre. Yeah, I know. When she was a child, she was terrified of the Muppets. She was terrified of anyone dressed in a costume. Wow. And so we were never allowed to watch a Muppets Christmas Carol, but it is by far the best version of a Christmas Carol. Um, So yeah, I enjoy Christmas Carol, and I I, I like that it's still a thing now. Yeah, it's a tradition. Every Christmas it'll be on. So I've got a little bit of a fun fact here. So... Scrooge was supposedly based on a man called John Elwes. Mm. So this episode is kind of almost like a two-parter in itself. Yeah. So the, the first part's about Charles Dickens. The second part is about this inspiration for Scrooge. Right. So John Elwes, he was born in 1714. So mm-hmm. it's nearly 100 years before Dickens. Yeah. He was a miser. You know what a miser is? A miser is someone who's very stingy with their money. Right. Yeah. Properly stingy, like to the to the 10th degree stingy. Yeah. He inherited a great wealth at a young age and became a proper stingy bastard. He would never heat his home to save buying firewood. 
Uh, he never used candles and would go to bed when it got dark to you know, save more money. Right. Bear in mind, this guy's like proper minted. Yeah. His estate home was in proper disrepute. A family member came to stay with him, but in the night became soaking wet with rain coming from a hole in the ceiling. In fact, there are many holes in the ceiling. So much so that when his nephew, when his family member said to him, you know, there's a hole in the ceiling, I've got soaking wet. He said, oh, that's my favourite hole in the ceiling for the rain, so you can see through it. What the fuck? Yeah. So he's making the best of a bad situation. He has, um, he wears the same clothes all the time. In fact, he even goes to bed in the same clothes to save buying pyjamas. That's gross. Yep. He point blanks refused to get a coach anywhere, like horse and coach. Uh, insists on walking everywhere, even if it rained. Right, okay. And so if it rains, who cares? He'll get wet and then he'll just drip dry because he won't light a fire. <laughs> yep. Uh, so That's how hypothermia happens, man. Yep, so he just drip dries to dry off his clothes. He often mistakes... So when he's walking down the street, he's often mistaken as a beggar. This dude yeah. is minted. He's probably worth more than half the people that live around him. Yeah. They're giving him money because <laughs> they think he's a beggar. Fucking and hell. he just takes it because he's like, oh, brilliant, more money. <laughs> <laughs> so he's, he's, he's absolutely loving it that people are just giving him money for nothing, just walking down the street. Uh, it's even more that he can hoard it. I think he's a dragon. Yeah, yeah, proper dragon. <laughs> but yeah, it gets better, right? Food. Food is an extravagance. Food is an extravagance that you can cut back on. Um, so much so that he would often only have a, just a hard-boiled egg to last him the day. That was his meal for the whole day. He must have been skinny as fuck. He was skinny. And on one occasion, he went to the races with a friend, pulled out of his pocket a mouldy pancake that had been in his pocket, supposedly, for weeks and months. Mm. And... Um, <sighs> Claimed it was perfectly edible and ate it in front of his friends who were all shocked. He ate what a mouldy pancake out of his dude? pocket. It's just been sat there. And what? he's like, that's fine. And he ate it. There's something wrong with this man. He's so hell-bent on saving money. Yeah, but this is the thing, though. Like, What is the point of having money if you don't do anything with Absolutely. the money? Absolutely. What is the point of having money if you're not going to spend it? Because I would so much rather have a less amount of money in my bank than have a fucking hole in the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, he won't spend a penny unless he absolutely has to. But what's to. the point? Because at the end of your life, you can die and be like, at least I have a big bank and just die. Exactly. It's pointless, isn't it? It's, it doesn't make sense. It's absolutely ridiculous. So, that's shocking enough as it is. But, yeah. you know, if if it, if it's really tight this month, yeah. you, know, you know when you're like, you know at the end of the year, do you remember at university and you're like, oh, this is really tight. I'm going to have to go out dinner tonight. I had that a lot, yep. This was not a problem for Elwis. No, Mr. Mr. Elwis, uh, if it was really tight, he was known to pick up roadkill and eat that as well. What do you mean really fucking tight? What does he deem as tight? <laughs> He's like, oh, fuck, I've run out of eggs. I'm not buying no more. I've bought my weekly rotor of eggs. There's roadkill on the floor. I have that. I mean, I get this is how the rich stay rich, but fucking hell, blood. Like, I was say blood then. That's not me. That's not who I am. Was this Arsenal fan team? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, just fucking spend some money. Yeah, he'd eat roadkill. What a mental was that? But then also, I don't get it. It's like, he's not going to light a fire. No. How's he... Co- Dude, this guy needs a slap. Yeah, right. If you're going to live like a peasant, give the money to someone who's going to use it. Give it, Give the money. Well, we'll get on on that. Um, you might be thinking, uh, how is this man not ill? Mm. Uh, fuck knows. <laughs> but um, on one occasion, 
uh, he had a doctor visit to look at some gashes that he'd got on his legs because he's walking all the time. He's not yeah. getting now, so he's walking. So he got a couple of gashes on his leg. The doctor came, had a look at them, told him the cost of uh, how much it would be to get treated. Yeah. He was like, no, nah, fuck that. Um, he, he made a deal with the doctor. He said, all right, you treat one leg. One leg. Leave the other one untreated. If my untreated leg heals before your treated one, I want my money back. And it did. No way. <laughs> so the leg that was untreated got healed before the one the doctor had to go at, and he got his money back. <laughs> For fuck's sake. I kind of respect him. He's stupid, but I respect him. Honestly, you got to respect it. Um, I'll also mention that, as I say, this man is actually a millionaire. Yeah. And I mean it, a millionaire. A millionaire. Baffling. And he won't pay a doctor. He won't eat, he'll eat mouldy food and roadkill. And he's got holes in his ceiling. And he's only got one pair of clothes. And he sleeps in them. And he won't make a fire. He won't light candles. Baffling. He must have lived alone as well. No, he did, yeah. Uh, so, uh, well, he actually had kids as well at some point. I think he had, he had children. Fucking hell. I don't know how he done that. I bet they were fucking starved as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, not, that's not even the best bit. Um, this man was an MP. No way. This man was a member of parliament for Berkshire. Good. <laughs> and you want to know how much his election campaign cost? How much? 18 pence. Jesus Christ. Which is like 6p more than what Charles Dickens made in a week. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what he spent that on, though. Because yeah. what has he done? He's just walked in the middle of Berkshire and just gone, you yeah, vote for me. Why? Ah, oh, <laughs> Here's 18 pence. Um... So, as I say, this guy only ever had one coat, right? This guy's got to start making it to London. He's an MP. He's a member of Parliament, yeah. right? <clears throat> he's only got one coat. He wears the same outfit to Parliament every day. This is also the outfit he sleeps in. Nice. Yeah. Uh, which makes you wonder how much he washed as well. He probably stunk to high heaven. Yeah, just sleep naked. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Why are you got to sleep with your clothes on? But this was a time where like, everyone wore pyjamas. You know, Ebenezer Scrooge with his little pyjamas that go down his ankles. No his central heating, on. is it? No central yeah. heating. So, I don't know, but they've got feather pillows and stuff in it. Yeah. Maybe he didn't even have that. Maybe. Or if he did, it was one fucking mattress and duvet for his entire life. Yeah. But then I suppose he didn't need a duvet because he's using his clothes as his duvet. Even if I'm sleeping in clothes, I have to have a duvet with me. You can't not. The monsters get you. I cannot sleep in clothes. It's just not No, doable. neither can I. It's very uncomfortable. Yeah. I turn over and the the, the, the T-shirt ain't moved and now I've just trapped myself. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. Um, so like I say, he had one coat. He had one outfit. He wore it every single day when he went to Parliament. He never once stood to address the house at all. So someone's like, just he, sat just, there. he just sat there for doing it. Why not? And obviously, as a member of parliament, you are paid a salary as yeah, well. Yeah, you get a wage. So he's got a lot of money coming in. And I'm sure he had the travel expenses covered as well. Well, this is the thing. He bought a horse, and that was his only way of getting in. Uh. So he did He did fork out for that travel. Jeez. So he bought a horse. And people used to joke about him because he would he would only ever stand for something he actually believed in. He wasn't associated with any sort of party. He didn't give a shit. He's yeah. like, I don't care. I don't care. And they were like, you need to vote for that. Don't care. I don't agree with it. So he'd vote for whatever he wants, but no one called him a turncoat because they joked he only had one coat. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, he's not a turncoat, he's only got one coat. Um, so yeah, he he was an MP for 12 years. Jeez. That's a long time. Yeah. 12 years he was an MP before he retired due to the outrageous expense of being an MP. I'm sure you get paid. Yeah, as I said, he literally just needed a horse to get him there and back. Yeah. That was an extravagant expense. Maybe the horse died and he was like, I'm not fucking buying another, another one. I'm not buying another one. Yeah, I suppose that, because a horse is about 15 years they live. Yeah. So he's probably, he's needed to buy a horse that's ready to go, which is about five years or whatever. Yeah. Probably died, you're right. Now, what is mad, apart from everything else, <laughs> 
is that um, he would hate spending money on himself, but he was he was a prolific loner. Right. So he would give friends loans left, right, and centre, and I'm not talking like twenty quid here or there. On one occasion, he gave a friend seven grand to put on horses. Oh. Uh, like at the races. So he's a bank essentially. He essentially, just, yeah. He hoards the money. He's a living, breathing bank who yeah. eats mouldy pancakes. Fucking hell. It's weird, isn't it? He, he gives his mates like loans, big loans, and yeah. not even that, right? This dude throws money around like it's nobody's business on things like architects. So um, you'll look at a lot of buildings around Piccadilly, yeah. Mar- Marleybone, which I literally got a train from this morning, uh, and Baker Street. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the ar- uh, a lot of the architecture and buildings around there all bankrolled by him. They're nice buildings. Nice buildings, nice looking areas. They're very, very famous. Yeah. All bankrolled by him. So yeah, dude died in 1789 and his estate was worth £60 million. At the time? Uh, when he died, yeah. Like in that yeah, money? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in today's money, that would be oh, he's billionaire? Probably, yeah. Yeah, that's how much money he had. He was proper minted and he didn't spend a penny. Proper penny pincher. Fucking hell. It's weird, isn't it? Do you know that... So, yeah, well, right, so that's him, right? Um, there's there's a movement I think it's called FIRE and it's like financial investment retire early I think right. it's called okay. and you will you might see the odd story and it's like oh uh, Billy who's 26 retired oh uh, yeah and there are those people that like oh I just pinched this da, da, da. there's one bloke he was like oh I um, I uh, made a deal with my neighbour and we just shared Wi-Fi mm. like, okay cool that would piss me off though I was so annoyed try and play online games try Apex Legends like, that's serious lag because I'd want the router in my house yeah, innit? And what if it goes wrong and the next door neighbour's out? Yeah. You can't reset it. It's stuffed, don't you? Yeah. I can't be dealing with that. I'd love to be a millionaire and retire early, but I, I don't even make 15 grand a year like fucking Dickens' dad did. Yeah. So I'm I supposed to be a millionaire in two years? It's impossible. It's impossible. One more fact. Did you know how many white Christmases you have had in the Midlands... In your lifetime. Oh, this is specific to me. In my lifetime. In your lifetime. How many white Christmases have you had? So I was born in 1995. Mm-hmm. I don't remember a single one. Really? Is that, is that right? Because you've had 10. Fucking when? Hi, I've looked it up. You've had... The Midlands have had... Well, I mean, it might not be specific to your town, but the Midlands as a whole. But what do you class as a white Christmas? Cause I've so had... it snowed on Christmas Day. Or so there I've was had... snow on Christmas Day. I've had Christmas where there's snow on the ground, but to me... That a... counts as white Christmas, yeah. Does it? Because to me, yeah, a white yeah, yeah. Christmas is snow has to fall from the sky. Uh, no, I've gone for there is snow okay. around the, uh, at a Christmas. Few. A couple of years whether ago. Whether it fell the day before or not. A couple of years ago. So yeah, you've had 10 white Christmases in the Midlands. Uh, I've had five. Right. Um... I'm further north, isn't it? Colder. Yeah, exactly that. So snow at Christmas isn't actually that common in the UK. No. Uh, particularly in the south where I'm from. Yeah. Which we discussed in the last episode is not south-south. It's just south in south, general. Yeah. Um, but why do we always dream of having a white Christmas? Why is every Christmas in the movies covered in beautiful virgin snow? Yeah. Have you heard of virgin snow? Is it like untouched? Snow the kind of not been The touched. kind of snow that you just want to... You look at it and yeah. go, fuck, I just want to jump snow in Snow that, that ain't been touched and you look at it and you're like, I just want to dive in. Yeah, untouched. And you put your foot and it goes... Yeah, you make like, the footprint. Oh, oh yes. I love it, just the blanket. It's Virgin so satisfying. Snow. Yeah. So um, we get this from Dickens. Really? So yes, um, when Dickens was born, as we discussed it last episode, 8 and 12, yep. the UK was coming out of what is called a mini ice age. Nice. Uh, where the winters were properly cold, like so cold on occasions that the Thames would freeze over and there would be carnivals on it. Have yeah, you heard that, of that? that hasn't. I saw a fact the other day. Like it used to freeze over. There was like a hundred year period where it would freeze over like every winter, yep. and it hasn't since like eighteen something. So that's called the Mini Ice Age. Uh, it would freeze over so thick 
that markets, even bonfires, were put on it. That's Man, how thick the ice were. You could have a bonfire on it, it would melt. Fucking hell. It was that cold and so thick. I think nowadays there's too much fucking pollution for the it to ever get that cold. Do you want to know why it's not happening anymore? Why? They uh, narrowed the Thames so that the water would go through faster. That's why it won't freeze over. Oh, really? Yeah, the water's too... Because the, 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 obviously the Thames is tidal. It's got a current. Yeah. The tide comes in and out. That's why yeah. it, it uh, gets higher and lower. Yeah. Um, it moves too fast now because the Thames was narrowed. So oh, the water shit. would move through it quicker. Whereas before it was a lot wider yeah. and the water would move through slower, it'd freeze, it has time to freeze over and that's why it doesn't happen anymore. I imagine if it like got really cold, like minus Maybe. 20s. It Maybe, was... not like, like um, was it day after tomorrow? Yeah, because I, I, when I went to Poland, there was a, I went in like height of winter, it was like minus 20 and they had this massive river and mm. everyone was just ice skating on it. Yeah, like in Amsterdam, the canals freeze over, don't they? And they have like they ice set, skating on Yeah, it. they set like cool, bars and stuff up as well. Um, so yeah, that 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 was cool, and I really wish I was alive to see that. See the Thames Rees, yeah. Yeah, that would have been so cool. Uh, so, back to like why we believe there's white Christmases, and yeah. every year we go like, oh, let's have a white Christmas, and every day you wake up and it's just grey. Yeah. And it's wet because it's rained instead. The reason being is that the first eight years of Charles's life, um, it it snowed every Christmas because it was that mini ice age. Yeah. So it did snow every Christmas for him. As soon as it was winter, boom, snow. Yeah. Thames froze over, snow was down. That was that was Christmas for him. Yeah. So his first eight years, his first ever, you know, childhood experience of Christmas was white snow and magic. You know, that that was that sort of time for him. Um so yeah, whenever he recollects about it in like, you know, further stories or whatever, it's always, always mm. snowing because to him when he's a kid, like that's what Christmas is. Yeah. Snow. That's interesting. Yeah. Um and so that's why, you know, you know, uh, um a Christmas carol. One of his most famous works. We see a white Christmas as the most idyllic time of the year. So yeah, interesting. That's Dickens wrapped up part two. And the other dude, John Elwes, he was interesting. The as MP well. for Berkshire, who mm. was fucking weird. <laughs> and a couple of facts about Christmas and why we think it's white Christmas. Well, there we go. So I, I really hope you enjoyed that, guys. Yeah. Uh, I've enjoyed researching that one. That was good. Uh, all right then, brilliant. Uh, Thank you for listening to part two of Charles Dickens. Uh, next week we, we have our Christmas Eve. We're having our Christmas Eve. Our schedule yes. going out the window for Christmas because we do what we want. Yeah, next episode is going out Christmas Eve, which is two days from now, Tuesday. Three days from now. So if this goes on the Sunday, Monday, two days. Oh, hey, our two days. Oh, yeah, Christmas Eve. Yeah. Christmas yeah. Day was three days. Christmas, two days time. You've got another episode to listen to. Yeah. So enjoy. And that is that. the one that we tried to release last week, but it didn't work. So we're about to have the exact same conversation we've already had. Pretty much. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, enjoy that. Enjoy listening to that and um we shall see you in a couple of days. Yeah. Remember to hit us up on all the socials as usual. That's what people do podcast and Instagram. That's what people do on Facebook at that's WPD on Twitter and if not just drop us a little email. Just say hi if you want to and wish us Merry Christmas and I'll wish you one back. Or just uh, drop a note to a carrier pigeon and see what happens. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, I'm sure it'll find somewhere and someone <laughs> will get it back to us. Uh, yeah, drop us an email. Uh, that's what people do podcast at gmail.com. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. Good talk. <laughs>